Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. Search To Die For in your podcast app to follow the show. Today is Saturday, January 9th, 2021. On this day in 1992, William Suff was stopped by police for making an illegal U-turn in Riverside, California. Upon further investigation, officers discovered that Suff was very likely the brutal serial killer they'd been hunting for years. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a Spotify original from Parcast. Due to the graphic nature of today's crimes, listener discretion is advised. This episode includes dramatizations and discussions of murder that some people may find offensive. We advise extreme caution for children under 13. Today we're covering the arrest of William Suff and the fateful traffic stop that exposed a killer. Let's go back to January 9th, 1992, to the Southern California city of Riverside. University Avenue was a known hotspot for sex workers and drug dealers hoping to find their next clients. Police regularly patrolled the area to catch them in the act, but in January 1992, they were also concerned with saving sex workers' lives. That's because 19 of them had been brutally murdered over the past six years by a deviant that some tersely called the Riverside Prostitute Killer. The murders started in 1986 when a killer began targeting Riverside sex workers. He took a particularly sick pleasure in mutilating them. The victims were stabbed and strangled, and some had their breasts cut off. The bodies were then posed in lewd positions to shock whoever found them. Investigators questioned sex workers in the area for clues, but got no answers. Some of the women they interrogated even became future victims. It was clear that the police needed help, and they got their lucky break soon after a Riverside sex worker narrowly escaped the killer's clutches. On the evening of August 15, 1991, Kelly Whitecloud was working on University Avenue. A bluish-gray van pulled up and the driver offered $20 for Whitecloud's services. She agreed and hopped in. However, they soon got into a disagreement. White Cloud told the man to go to her motel room, but the driver kept trying to take her to a deserted place called the Orchards. When he wouldn't stop, White Cloud threw open the door and jumped out of the moving vehicle. She was shaken, but her stomach dropped when she saw the blue van stop further down University Avenue in front of White Cloud's friend, Kelly Hammond. White Cloud raced to Hammond, begging her not to go, but Hammond got in the van anyway. 
The next day, she was found brutally, yet stylistically, murdered, the handiwork of Riverside's most notorious serial killer. Hammond's murder was a tragedy, but Kelly Whitecloud's experience gave police a sense of who the killer was. She claimed he was a middle-aged white man with brown hair and glasses. White Cloud helped police create a composite sketch of the killer and his blue-gray van, which was then distributed around the area. By early 1992, homicide police everywhere knew to keep an eye out for the man and his van. But it was actually a traffic officer who cracked the case. Around 9.30 p.m. on January 9th, Officer Frank Orta patrolled University Avenue on his motorcycle. He noticed a grayish van idling in a liquor store parking lot. The driver didn't seem to be leaving the car to go into the store. Then, a woman, who Orta suspected was a sex worker, approached the van. The women of University Avenue were understandably wary of police officers. Orta claims that the woman looked up, saw him, and walked away, at which point the van drove off. Now Orta knew about the killer stalking University Avenue. His interest was piqued by the van, so he followed it. Orta rode up behind the van, which promptly made an illegal U-turn to evade him. This gave Orta reason to pull the van over, and that's when the traffic officer met white, middle-aged William Lester Suff. Suff matched the description that Kelly Whitecloud had given police the previous year, and that wasn't the only suspicious thing. Suff's van registration was expired, and he was driving on a suspended license. After Suff's van was impounded, investigators found rope and a blood-flecked knife in his vehicle. An analysis of the van's upholstery revealed that it matched fibers found on many of the slain sex workers. It seemed likely that Suff was the Riverside prostitute killer, and a probe into his past would reveal that he was already a convicted murderer. Up next, we'll delve into William Suff's dark past. Listeners, have you heard the eerie new podcast, Superstitions? Every Wednesday, explore the varying beliefs people around the world fear and follow in this mystifying series from Parcast. You do not want to miss it. Each week, step inside stories that illustrate the horror, weirdness, and truth behind humanity's strangest codes of conduct. Why do black cats represent witchcraft? What's the point of carrying a rabbit's foot around with you? And how come certain films seem cursed and others don't? Each new episode of Superstitions presents a story that unlocks the mysteries of unorthodox traditions and surreal phenomena. They may seem cryptic or illogical or completely insane, but then again, do they? Follow the Spotify original from Parcast, Superstitions, free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Now back to the story. On January 9th, 1992, William Suff was stopped by traffic officer Frank Orta for making an illegal U-turn. 
but the real reason Orta pursued him was because Self matched the description of a notorious serial killer who had eluded police since 1986. Self's arrest came as a shock to friends and acquaintances. The mild-mannered Star Trek fan worked at Riverside County's Purchasing Depot, where he took pride in organizing carpools and participating in annual chili cook-offs. His office even helped local police load and unload furniture, which meant Suff was quite literally under detectives' noses throughout the investigation. No one suspected Suff. After all, the 41-year-old was described as a clean-cut, nice guy who often babysat his neighbor's children. But if you looked deeper, there were cracks in his friendly facade. He would often go out for late-night drives. In his van were handcuffs and a California Highway Patrol hat, though Suff wasn't affiliated with law enforcement. A former roommate recalled Suff berating his wife Cheryl for wearing too much makeup, telling her she looked like a sex worker. In October 1991, Suff and Cheryl brought their three-month-old daughter to the hospital. The baby had brain damage and broken bones, and the Suffs were suspected of beating her, but evidence was too inconclusive for charges to be brought against them. There was also one major red flag that no one seemed to be aware of until police dug into his past. Suff had already been convicted of a murder almost two decades prior in Texas. The victim was his first daughter. Back in the early 1970s, Suff lived in Fort Worth, Texas, after being discharged from the Air Force. He had a volatile relationship with his first wife, Terrell, who he frequently abused. In 1973, the couple was charged with the murder of their two-month-old daughter, Dijanae, who was beaten so severely that her liver ruptured, killing her. Both Suff and Terrell were given long prison sentences, but were freed early on parole. After 10 years in prison, Suff moved to California, where he reinvented himself as a harmless Riverside County clerk. He traded in Terrell for Cheryl and even had a new baby, though he abused his second daughter as well. And that wasn't all he got up to. He was accused of murdering 19 sex workers between 1986 and 1991. On July 28, 1992, a grand jury indicted Suff on 14 counts of murder. And in 1995, Suff officially went on trial. The trial lasted 54 days, and on July 20, 1995, Suff was convicted of 12 of the 19 murders. He wept openly as the verdict was read. But as Riverside County Deputy District Attorney Paul Zellerbach put it, I'd be upset too if I was on my way to the gas chamber. Suff was sentenced to death, but the 70-year-old killer remains imprisoned on death row to this day. Due to California's 2019 moratorium on executions, he may never be executed. But thankfully, William Lester Suff will never walk free either.
Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Juan Borda, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Bruce Katovich. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Amin Osman, with writing assistance by Aaron Lan, and fact-checking by Cheyenne Lopez. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Bad omens, good fortune, pure luck? Take a closer look at what you believe in and follow the Spotify original from Parcast, Superstitions. New episodes air weekly, every Wednesday. Listen free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.